All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, July 10th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Living life, baby. Living life. And Whoa. I am ultra excited because I am leaving for my first vacation longer than three days tomorrow. And uh, I could not I could not be happier. Tell everybody where you're going. Going to Chicago. I'm gonna stay there for a couple of days. Going to uh, the west coast of Michigan. I'm gonna stay there for a couple of days. It's gonna be great. I cannot I've been looking forward to this for years and I haven't even had this plan for like a month and a half. I'm really excited for you. Thanks. It's going to be a, what a relaxing time this will be. Thanks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our two-part interview with Aaron McCarty yesterday and Wednesday. Yesterday, if you missed it, was our 100th episode. Only appropriate that we had DMAC on. The Red Wings legend, the four-time Stanley Cup champion, the list of accolades go on. And the Sweet 16 finalist in the uh, greatest Red Wings of all time tournament here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. The accolades go on and on. Uh, We got some draft profiles for you guys today. We're going to be taking a look, a a very, very brief look at the options that the Red Wings have at four. Uh, I will not be here next week, as I just mentioned, and Ethan will be co-hosting with Sergio Colchester friend of the program and co-host on the greatest Red Wings of all time tournament. What do you, what do you got planned so far? Have you guys talked at all? It's going to go off the rails people. That's what we're looking for. No, I'll be listening. Right. We're going to be doing a um, original. We're just, it's going to be like a, another tournament bracket style. going to be comparing. Uh, basically we're going to be picking out all of our favorite jerseys from the original six. And then on another couple episodes, we'll be doing the best of the rest. There we go. I think it'll be fun. A nice, nice fun. light episode. That's what we like. So we're going to do some preliminary draft talk today. The Red Wings obviously grabbing that number four overall spot. Uh, outside of that, we are going to talk to Sarah Evampedo from Locked On Kings and the Locked On NHL podcast. Get an idea of what the Kings are going to be looking to do with that number two overall pick. Uh, got some comments from Rob Blake also as well on the 31 Thoughts podcast as well as a couple of mock drafts that we're going to take a look at. So some good stuff for you guys today. Not going to get too deep into it. I think that uh, probably after maybe, maybe next week is when we'll start kind of diving into the draft profiles and stuff like that. So I think the place that we should start with this is the mock draft from Sam Cosentino uh, of Sportsnet. Now he said, I'm paraphrasing, or I, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing or if this is a direct quote, but regardless, he basically said, Cole Perfetti, the left winger out of Saginaw, of the OHL to Detroit at number four is as much of a lock as uh, Lafreniere to the mystery team at number one, which I, I think is just a really interesting claim to make this early on in the process. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I mean, quite frankly, there's just so many options. It's odd that he feels that it's a, it's, it's a lock, you know, I don't want to say odd. I mean, he might know something we don't know, but Hey, well, it would it would make more sense to me if he was a lock and it was a position that maybe the the Red Wings were in dire need of. Like they don't necessarily like wing. It, obviously, you, you need more talented players on the wing. You need more scoring. Uh, 
I think the thing that's interesting to me is that it's like he doesn't necessarily have a defined position. You, uh, some places he's a, a winger, some places he's a center. Uh, and, and I think maybe you draft him, you start him on the wing and hope that he kind of evolves into that first or second line center. But uh, I just don't know how you can make that claim that it's a lock if it's not something where it's a position that the Red Wings are in dire need of. If they didn't have any defensemen or whatever, you know, it makes sense to go grab a defenseman. But I don't know. That to me is the thing that's throwing me off the most. Just like a lot of stuff you see now, like I've said before, just drafting is just being able to have depth down the center. Yeah. It's, it's just so, so big in the NHL. And with the amount of centers we, that are in this draft, I mean, taking a swing on a guy that plays in Saginaw, it's, I like it. I mean, I like a couple other guys too, but I like this pick too. So he finished second in the, NA, or in the OHL in scoring with 111 points. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be pretty good playmaking ability from everything I've been reading and hearing and, and stuff like that. Uh, but before we move on to somebody to, to another mock draft, uh, this one, Corey prominent of the athletic, I just want to point something out. That's kind of interesting to me. And that's in the same mock draft from, uh, from our friend, Sam here. Uh, he has the Ottawa senators taking Jake Sanderson, the U S national development team defenseman uh, at five. Over Jamie Drysdale, Jamie Drysdale for a long time and probably still now the consensus top defenseman of the draft. Uh, but I have been just reading, watching, whatever. I've kind of been sold on the idea of Jake Sanderson over Jamie Drysdale. You know, I'll be honest with you. They're both really good players. I guess people could be looking at Jake's size. but I mean, he also puts up points too. Dude, it's, these guys are just so close. I can't wait to do a deep dive on all of them. One of the things that you hear a lot from NHL GMs is, oh, you want to build through the middle. And uh, and that certainly makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, I'm looking at Jake Sanderson and a minutes-eating defenseman that has absolutely shut down, locked down ability. Uh, One of the things I I read about uh, Sanderson, I, I can't remember where I read this. I wish I could attributed to somebody, but they, they, it was an NHL scout who basically said, I compare him to Mo Sider, uh, except he's a, a bit ahead of the curve in pretty much every aspect except for size than Mo Sider at this point. And from that point on, I just kind of started to envision a top D pair of Mo Sider and Jake Sanderson that just eats 25, 30 minutes a night and plays lockdown defense with the, with the ability to score from both of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, if you want, you know, more of a shutdown, like a Shea Weber, Ryan Suter type combo, Sider and Sanderson would be legit. That'd be a lot of fun to see. If you want to, you know, maybe it could be like a, I've seen Drysdale being compared to like a Carlson. Yeah. But Sanderson is, but but Sanderson as well. I mean, like you, I mean, we just touched on the, uh, we just touched on the scoring ability. Like Sanderson ran the power play for the U S national team, like a a lot of the time from what I understand, Sanderson ran that power play for the, the U S national team uh, development team for a pretty considerable amount of time this past season. Plus he's going to go to uh, North Dakota. He's committed there. And uh, you know, you hope that he's he's not the same type of player as Quinn Hughes, but like you see what can happen when a guy's kind of being undervalued. They follow that seven to 10 range. And Jake Sanderson is a guy who has risen in, on a lot of draft boards within the last year, but just the concept of a guy who looks really good. 
you don't want to take too big of a chance on him because he's kind of a safer pick. And then he goes and gets that seasoning of a year at the college level and just shows up to the NHL an absolute beast. Yeah, I mean, that's the exact same thing that happened when, uh, with uh, Kale McCarr. Yeah, in Colorado. yeah, too. Yeah. took uh, Miro Heiskanen above him. And then with the next pick, Colorado snagged him. And it was kind of – everybody thought Heiskanen was the best defenseman in the draft. And you see uh, what a year of uh, college development can really make, or just the change there, other than – rather than just, you know, bringing a guy into the NHL like you saw with Rasmus Dahlin, too, and, and – Buffalo just coming right over. I mean, he put up 40 points, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, like, Oh wow, this guy is right. Yeah. Uh, game changing. Like Kale McCarr was when he went to Colorado this year. And we'll get more into the uh, Drysdale versus Sanderson debate as this, as this process goes along, we'll probably have an entire episode where we just debate those two back and forth. Uh, yeah. And I, and I know a lot of Red Wings fans really want to see this team like get better immediately they want this team to improve the product that they saw on the ice last year to improve with a selection from this draft with this top four pick but I I just don't know that that's necessary and Sanderson's a guy who you might have to wait a year or two or however long it may be but I I don't really see that as an issue considering how far away the Red Wings are right now and the the plethora of prospects that they have to check out in the meantime at the NHL level. Yep, like I said about if even if we got Lafreniere at number one, like this team isn't making the playoffs, right? Uh, and there's like we said, there's a lot of different guys, and there's also a lot of different makes and models out there when it comes to your car, guys. And with the ever increasing numbers, it is now possible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. You just talked about on yesterday's episode, you spent $125 on alcohol for this weekend, this 4th of July weekend. God bless America. That's money. That's money. Yeah. That's money that you were able to spend because the last time that you need a repair with your car, you shot me a text. I said, Hey, don't worry about it, pal. Head on over to rockauto.com and they'll take care of everything. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it be for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when they asked you, how did you hear about us? Just do us a favor and tell them that Locked On sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Okay, so the next couple of mock drafts that we need to get to uh, are from Corey Promen of The Athletic as well as Chris Peters from ESPN. They both have the Red Wings taking uh, Lucas Raymond, the winger out of Fralunda from the Swedish Elite League. Uh, what, what, what's your initial thought on that? Guy's got hands. He's got offensive skills. He's quick, deceptive. I like the whole uh, taken from the European leagues as well, because you could either you have more, you have so many more options than mm-hmm. if you're taking a guy from the OHL. If you're taking a guy from the OHL and he's not ready for the NHL, all you can do is send him back to the OHL, and you can do that until he's um, a fourth year player, but then you can bring him in. You saw that with Valino; he's able to come in younger 
because he had exceptional status and started playing in the OHL as a 15-year-old. But with these European players that are good enough to play in professional leagues, you can either have them back in Europe, you can bring them to the AHL, um, you could bring them to the NHL if they're good enough, or two, they can sign with an OHL team and then develop and play through there. You just yeah. There's so many more options. So here's the take from Max Boltman uh, on the Athletics Mock Draft. Max Boltman, a recurring guest. Well, not a recurring guest. A former guest of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. He says the Red Wings need a game changer, plain and simple. And while Raymond has a comparatively quieter statistical season than the SHL with Ferlunda, he has a dynamic skill set to help Detroit catch lightning in a bottle after it's tumbled to the fourth pick. Raymond's hockey sense and creativity can make him the Red Wings' chief playmaker of the future and even from the wing. Uh, I, I more so agree that, that I don't mind them taking a big chance with this number four overall pick. We just talked about Jake Sanderson. That's a very safe pick, but Lucas Raymond is a guy who, you know, like Max alluded to, like you just alluded to somebody who he didn't get a lot of minutes in the Swedish league this past year. So for all intents and purposes, you don't necessarily know the full extent of what you have, but that can also be something that, that kind of benefits you. And it can be a Kale McCarr situation where once he gets an expanded role, then you start to say, Holy crap. Okay. This guy can, can really play. You know, it's not even going to be like we're taking a chance. I don't see Eisman as the type of person that's going to take a chance on somebody. I think he's he sees something in prospects that other GMs don't see, and he saw that insider last year, and that's why he picked them ten spots ahead of where he wanted to. Yeah. So, it's it's less of oh, like you know, we're going to take a chance on Sanderson. We're going to take a chance on Raymond. It's it's going to be who Eisman sees as the best player at his position. That's what I see the Red Wings doing is taking the best player in the draft, regardless of position that is. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, Corey Promen goes on to say, Raymond is a player who can realistically project to be a first line, first power play type man who runs your man advantage and just makes a ton of plays. He's not Lafreniere or Byfield, but he's a great player and someone you could see playing high in the wings lineup for in a few years. He will feed passes to Zanina for years to come. And that to me is, is obviously something that's highly encouraging. And, and the same thing can be said about a lot of these guys. Marco Rossi, a great playmaker. Cole Perfetti, a great playmaker. And uh, I just don't know on a lot of these centers when it comes to, you know, the mix of uh, Raymond, uh, Perfetti, Rossi. Like, I think that they're, that's the thing is with this draft, that's the one thing you can take solace in. It's an embarrassment of riches of options that the Red Wings have with this number four pick. Like any one of these guys can turn out to be superstars and any one of them look like superstars future at, you know, whatever's on, on any given night. Yeah, thank God this is a this is a great draft to fall to four. Yeah, if I'm being optimistic. Yeah, and you know they have the big boy in Mantha that you're building around. You have that first line center in Larkin, that leader. Uh, but you know you need guys who can put up points. You need guys who can add the fuel to the fire that can kind of take them over that next step. The guys they have right now, very solid players. That first line, a really good first line. Uh, but it's to me, it's just a matter of how can you make all of those guys better. Yep, you just gotta build around them. Like just give giving this team more tools to be successful, and that's just all you can do in a draft. Uh, so we're gonna talk about Jamie Drysdale here. Uh, we touched on him just a little bit. 
uh, before we headed into that last break. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, Craig Button has him has him going to the Red Wings at four. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see what the Kings do with this number two overall pick. Logic says they'll take Stutzla or Byfield, but they uh, their center prospects are is without a doubt the deepest part of their of their prospect pipeline. So who knows? Personally, I'd be shocked if they pass up on either of the top centers in the draft. It's really hard to get a defenseman. And if you, you know, if you have that, you can build around it, then what? You have a, that's a prospect that's just having, there's no issue with having a ton of prospects at one position. That's just mm-hmm. draft capital yeah. or, uh, you know, trading ability. That's, yeah. that's all that is. Right. So I, I, trust me, I'd love to see them take a defenseman. Thank God we have a lot of time. To ponder the what ifs, <laughs> and without a doubt, we should we should give the caveat. We will we will get to ask her off at another time. I promise, guys. Don't oh, worry. please. <laughs> uh, but for now, we're just going to kick it to Sarah Evampedo. Sarah talks about what the Kings are going to do with that number two overall pick. Whether she thinks that there's a chance that Jamie Drysdale goes to the Kings at number two. Uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of this holiday weekend. Have fun, be safe, and thanks for listening. Here's Sarah. And we are now joined by Sarah Evampedo from Lockdown Kings and the Lockdown NHL podcast. Sarah was uh, nice enough to join our live stream on Friday night to talk a little bit about what the Kings were hoping to grab here in this draft. And uh, whatever they want, they'll have their uh, selection widened quite a bit by jumping up to land that number two pick in the NHL draft lottery. So Sarah, just talk to us about how you're feeling uh, after the draft lottery and kind of what your thought was when you saw that card come up at number two. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, like I think I said on on the live show, my expectation really was that whatever the worst thing possible for the Kings would have been what was going to happen to them. Uh, so once it was revealed that they were in the top three, uh, I that was everything I could have asked for. Um, you know, when whenever, you know, I, I think that seeing them get the number one pick would have been awesome, but I also can't, I'm not any less excited uh, because whoever they pick at number two is going to be great for the team. Uh, But yeah, I I was just, I was very pleased. Uh, And, you know, I admit that I got my hopes up a little bit once I was like, okay, top three pick, okay, top two pick uh, that maybe they could have gotten out of the number one, but I I really can't complain. Uh, It is way more than I thought, you know, they, they have just had such the string of bad luck uh, in where their picks have fallen recently that, it was definitely a very welcome surprise uh, for my part. Now, the reason I wanted you uh, to, to come on this show is because at four, the immediate reaction from Red Wings fans, and rightfully so, is, oh, we missed out on Lafreniere, Stutzle, and Byfield. But we talked on the live stream, and, and you mentioned that Jamie Drysdale is a guy that the LA Kings could target with that very early first-round pick. Obviously, now it's even earlier than you expected. Is there a scenario, a, a dream scenario for Detroit where – the Kings take him at number two and uh, take Drysdale at number two and kind of leave the door open for either Stutzla or Byfield? I think that it's possible, but I, I don't think it's probable. I think with the number two pick that Rob Blake is really going to pick the best player available uh, and is going to, you know, look to the other rounds of the draft to kind of bolster their defense. Uh, but I think it is very tempting to to think that they're going to go with Drysdale, but I just can't imagine him – 
uh, passing up one of those two players by Felder Stutzla. Like they're just both, they could be game changers for the Kings who are still looking to fill out a lot of like a lot of missing spots in, in their forward core. And, you know, when it comes to defense, m- maybe they have to wait another year to pick that uh, top pairing defenseman that they desperately need. But I, I, I don't think that they would do it. I don't think that they would go that off the board unless something really wild happens over the next couple of months, whenever the actual draft is going to be. Uh, I, I don't foresee it, uh, see them going that kind of out of order, let's say. Now, in your opinion, if you were in Rob Blake's shoes, who is the person that you're more, more focused on, the bigger center in Byfield, or would you be looking for the flashy player like Stuzlet? Right now, I would say leaning towards Byfield. And the big reason for that is that, and I think some of it was, would have to do with what with his versatility. Like, I don't know enough about him yet to know, like, okay, could we push him to wing if we needed to? Uh, the Kings do have a lot of centers in their system, which is the one thing that makes me think they could lean towards Stutzla, but they don't have centers quite like Quentin Byfield. Uh, the, a lot of the centers that they have are in kind of the more like new NHL mold of like smaller and a little craftier and a little faster, which is great. But the Western conference is always going to be kind of a big physical, you know, dominating uh, part of the, the league. And they don't really have another guy in the system except for maybe Gabe Velarde, who is a pretty big guy. You know, they don't have another Andre Kopitar who is, you know, bigger and stronger and can kind of stand up defensively to guys. They have, you know, Alex Turcotte, Tyler Madden, who are both very good players, but are a lot smaller and slighter and are going to have to do a lot of work to get to be kind of to the physical standards that the NHL sort of demands these days. So I think that it's going to be very tempting for them to want to continue to bolster that middle depth because they have had basically none of it uh, for the past couple years and have had to play a lot of guys at center who were much better off as wingers. Uh, and they're slowly starting to be able to push those guys back out and put them where they fit a little better because they are getting more centers in the system. But, you know, I, I think that they don't have in terms of, you know, physicality, another Andre Kopitar in the wings and not to say that Byfield is the same player as Kopitar, but physically he's a bigger guy, a little stronger, a little more in that mold. Uh, I think they have a lot of guys currently slated as center who they could push out to the wings and kind of fulfill that same role of crafty, good skater, good shot, good playmaking ability that uh, it's just a little easier to move them out to the wing instead of having just get run over as centers every night. Now, you're somebody who obviously covers the entire NHL, uh, and this this draft lottery specifically has really shed the light uh, for Red Wings fans on just how frustrating it can be. You know, they, they were fortunate for so long to ha- have to avoid luck when it comes to uh, at that top round of the draft. And in the three years, I believe, that they've been in the draft lottery, they've fallen a cumulative eight spots. Uh, obviously, your team benefited from from the draft lottery this year, but just kind of in a sense of the whole NHL, do you think that this year kind of shed light on how not only tedious but just kind of nonsensical this this process can be at times, and 
what do you think about the, the draft lottery? Are we just being a bunch of crybabies because it didn't work out for us this one time? I think that it really did shed light on how weird the whole system is. I know that like I constantly am having to explain to people in my real life how the draft lottery works. Uh, they're all like, why doesn't the worst team get the best pick and the best team get the worst pick? Like, why is it not like that? And then I'm like, well, because Edmonton, like they ruined it for everybody. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that... I, I get what they're trying to do. I get that they're trying to be fair, especially to these teams in the like maybe but not quite playoffs. Like they're trying to find a solution to make everybody happy. And especially in this weird pandemic shortened season, I, I don't think there was an answer that would have made everybody happy. Someone would have found some reason to complain about it. Uh, but yeah, leave it up to the NHL to come up with something so convoluted that like, like I was rooting for no mystery team in the top three solely because I didn't want to have to bother to learn how phase mm -hmm. two of the draft is going to work. And the fact that there is a phase two of the draft yes. is ridiculous. And I think yes. that, you know, for, especially for fans of teams who are perennially in the playoffs and don't have to worry about the draft lottery, uh, I think this really exposed them to how absurd it is if they haven't had to pay attention in the past few years. Uh, and now, of course, we have this weird play-in scenario where a team like Pittsburgh or like the Maple Leafs or whatever could lose and then potentially get that number one spot, which is quite frankly absurd. <laughs> uh, you know, just talking about that kind of whole phase two type thing, I, I think the one thing that frustrated me the most was why, why even do it like that? Why not just wait until the the postseason has concluded or until you can determinedly say that the NHL is not coming back. It seemed like just such a rush decision on my end just to get something out for the fans, just anything at all. And they were like, Oh, well, we got this thing we could roll out for them. But I just think that kind of speaks to how the NHL handles its business. A lot of the times where you're just like, why did you just, what? I mean, no. just, the, just the fact that they were proposing holding the actual draft before the season actually concluded yeah. what like just blew my mind and the fact that they were really trying very hard to push that through and I guess thanks to whatever GMs and owners put a stop to that because that would have been absolutely ridiculous like there's just it, it wouldn't have made sense for any team uh, in in all of this and yeah I, I feel like they were like oh well we want to get something on TV and get in front of the fans I was like but this no the only people who watch the draft lottery on TV are like super hockey nerds like my dad wasn't watching it you know mm -hmm. like your casual fan isn't gonna tune in to watch Gary Bettman pick some ping pong balls like <laughs> it just it, it seems like yeah they wanted to put something out there and this was the best conclusion they could come to watch yeah watching a Bill Daly flip over cardboard cards with logos on them with just a straight face, not happy. It just, it, it just feels so <laughs> the, the NHL logo on the card, too. And that's what I was, I was so interested to see what that logo was going to be. And then it's just the NHL logo. And that was just like, it was like flipping over. I actually, I created this with Photoshop, but uh, it was like flipping over a card with just the middle finger on it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, kudos to him for doing it with a straight face. Like, I, I feel like I, <laughs> I, as soon as I realized what was happening, I would have started laughing. Yeah, well, you know, the Kings go at two and you're like, well, it's the mystery team. Let's go. What's going to happen? <laughs> it's just, 
the NHL logo. And... I know. He might as well just, like, shrug and be like, eh, eh. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Or it should have been, like, a picture of all of the logos of the mystery teams so then people yes. could get even more upset to be like, why the heck are the Leafs on there? <laughs> yes. It's a conspiracy. He's going, he's going to Montreal. <laughs> I'm certain of it. I mean, if that happens, like, yeah, people are going to lose their minds. Oh, you guys, you guys keep saying Montreal, but you guys keep forgetting that Chicago is also in that group. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> And they're dying to get Chicago a more winner classic game, so. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. Not even Chicago fans want that. Yeah, I how many more outdoor venues does that city have that, that we can just shove a ho- hockey rink? I mean, put one at, like, the airport, like. Yes. Right, like, on the- actually <laughs> play <laughs> hockey on Lake Michigan. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right at Navy Pier. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. And again, thank you for joining our live stream uh, from Friday night. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to go do it. Uh, You can find it at Lockdown Live, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, But where can people find your show, Sarah? Uh, Locked on Los Angeles Kings is everywhere that you get your podcasts and you can find it on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Um, I work with the Locked on NHL show. I'm usually on Mondays and sometimes Wednesdays and you can find that on Twitter at Locked on NHL. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us and it's going to be a long summer, so I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Most definitely. Thanks a lot.